Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My name is Brian Pillman Jr. This is Nick and Matt Jackson, the Young Bucks. This is Cody Rhodes, and you're listening. You are listening to the Mouth of the South Shore radio show. Too sweet me for the love of God. And here we are, once again, Mouth of the South Shore Radio Show. Feast your ears. We are back. It has been a long, long time. I am the Mouth of the South Shore, Eric Cordova, sitting across the airways because, well, you know how it is these days. Got to be in your own quarters. So I am broadcasting live from Queens, New York, and over in Long Island, it is the one, the only, the crab. I love how it takes a national pandemic for for this to get up off the ground again. You know what Sometimes. I mean? Like we, we, we've had ample opportunity, and it, and and it's on me too. Like it's it's on, it, it's on everybody. Like it it takes a national pandemic. It takes it, it takes some virus named after a garbage beer. To, but, to, to get to get the band back together and be like, hmm, there's nothing the good, going on anymore. The good no, news there, is there, we, there are no wrestling things happening. Let's start talking about wrestling again. Let's give the people what they want. We will, and we are up and running. And speaking of up and running, the Mouth of the South Shore radio show is brought to you by BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Uh, BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free with our special promo code WPP. Just pay the $5 shipping. So that part hasn't changed. Still got that going for us. And you know, Cordova doesn't shill a product unless he truly believes in it. Absolutely. So I'm glad that you're still working with the Blue Chew very closely, very, uh, very intimately. So they as say. the kid as the kids are saying, faux she's. Anyway, it that's is all now... the time we have for this episode of the Mouth <laughs> and South Shore Radio Show. Yeah, well, look, some things change and some things stay the same, but a lot has changed. Uh, obviously, we are held to the confines of our home. So I'm just going to start off with this. Let's, before we get to wrestling, what the heck's been going on in your life, my friend? Oh, geez. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to plug new projects later on in the show, but I have new projects going on right now. Uh, a, a lot of, it, it feels like a less funny version of Groundhog's Day. And I can say that because I've never seen Groundhog's Day. Every, it, Again, it, it's all, some things it's don't all change. Scared to make a circle. It's all it is. And I know you're going to be like, oh, crap, doesn't watch movies. What else is new? Nothing. That's you're the in quarantine. Point. Watch the movies. I mean, Nothing now you got the time, no? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm catching up on my, uh, 
I'm catching up on my Netflix. All right. And by catching up, I mean watching the same three shows over and over. Terrific. Terrific. Well, I'll tell you one thing. We, uh, we get to spend more time with, with the wives now, so that's definitely a part of the life. I mean, you know, usually you go off to work, you have the day, you come home. Honey, I'm home. What is it? Nowadays, it's honey, I'm in the other room. And sometimes we're in the same room. Who knows? So I'm that's, scared uh, what the divorce that's... rate in this country is going to be once quarantines are lifted. <laughs> yeah, I really don't want to know. I mean, you know, there, there's a lot. There's so much that can go wrong, especially in New York. Like, I have what I think is a big apartment, which means that many people are living in smaller apartments with significant others. It's just nowhere to go, you know? No, and, and, it's, and what, tougher, it's tougher in Manhattan and maybe not Queens where you are. But in Manhattan, it's it's impossible to socially – I hate the word socially spaced. We're being more social now because we can't physically be with each other. We are more physically spaced than ever before, but it's impossible to be physically spaced in Manhattan. So that's got to be even tougher. A lot of people have left. Uh, my dad lives in Manhattan, and you know he lives in a building. He's actually across the building. Um, I was talking about this. Jesse Palmer lives across the street from him, so you can actually see cool. yesterday during the – NFL draft, you know, with the cameras and all that. Um, yeah, so this is like in a popular area for residential living in Manhattan, but a lot of people are gone. Uh, they they left. They they hightailed it out and went to the Hamptons to their other house. You know, the wealthy Manhattanites, they're not sticking around for this thing. They're they're going so they have a lot more room to social distance, as it were. My father, on the other hand, has a 550 foot uh, square foot studio apartment in Manhattan that he is confined to during this time. So, yeah, you never know. Anyway, that's that's life these days, and I don't want to dwell on it. There's plenty of well, podcasts well, and Well, shows. what are you up to? What do you do? I, we, we got over how I'm not taking advantage of this time at all. How about you? I, like I said, I, I spend a lot of time uh, with my wife. You know, we, we go on daily walks together. It's actually been good for us in, in those terms. And then we've found different things. Like we found this uh, documentary we're watching now about the Roosevelt family. So it starts with the birth of Theodore Roosevelt all the way through about Franklin and Eleanor Roosevelt. You know, being a history buff, it's, that's been pretty cool. And we found a couple other ones that we're interested in. So we're, you know, we're doing that. We have our hobbies keep us busy. So we're trying to mix it up day by day. But have, again, you ever, have you ever been to the Teddy Roosevelt's house by my apartment? I have been to Sagamore Hill. We have been to Teddy Roosevelt's birthplace, which is on 20th and Park in Manhattan. There are other sites that I wish to go to. Uh, I'd like to be able to go to his ranch house in North Dakota. When I'm looking forward to when this whole thing ends. I really want to get back to traveling to my national parks. And again, we'll plug this later, but that's another one of the projects that I have going on. But I miss that, man. I miss being able to see history in person. There's all the parks are closed. It's really, it's really hard. But again, this is a wrestling show. Let's get you out of the world of worrying about what it is that you're confined to and what it is you got going on. We just, we had to acknowledge it. But wrestling is what we do here. But wrestling, yes. It, there's no way around it. It's different now. You turn on, you flip around the channels. You find wrestling, and much like Mrs. Gump's baby boy, wrestling is different. 
They know perfectly well. You know perfectly well. I can't relate to that reference. I, I, Forrest Gump. Give him to Forrest Never. Gump. Never. There's so. Uh, I, I I can't even dwell on this. It's just too ridiculous. But please, <laughs> at some point, just do me do me a solid. <laughs> anyway, starting on three sixteen, Steve Austin's day, right? They were like, okay, we're confined now. We have to change things. We can't do arena shows anymore. So WWE shifted their shows to the Performance Center. AEW shifted their shows to an undisclosed location. Impact Wrestling has started to do the same. This is what wrestling is now, and all the companies are trying to figure out how to put on an entertaining product that is based on crowd interaction without the crowd. And you've seen different things. So I don't want to bring up everything they've done. What I will ask you is, over this course of time, you've seen each of the companies experiment with different things. What are the things that you think have actually worked in this? Like, What have you seen that you're like, hey, that was actually pretty cool? I'll start right off the bat with the grand – well, you're not allowed to say granddaddy of them all. That's on that list of words that you're not allowed to say in the WWE. But there were some things about WrestleMania that I really enjoyed. When it comes to being in the physical arena itself, I think the Kevin Owens-Seth Rollins match worked really well without, without a crowd there to take it all in. You're able to hear them speak to each other and just talk garbage to one another, which is something I think is missing in a lot of wrestling matches. You're supposed to hate this person, and you go throughout the entire match without speaking to one another. You don't curse them out. You don't say anything about their mother or their sister or how much you hate them. To me, that's weird. So not doing that, so not speaking when you're in front of a crowd is one thing because the crowd noise is there, there to sort of mitigate that. But it's, if you're left to your own devices and you're not doing that, I feel like you're not doing the best character work you could be doing. And Rollins and Owens really knocked that out of the park. I also really enjoyed the cinematic matches, matches in quotes, because let's face it, the Funhouse, the Firefly Funhouse match was anything but a traditional match. I enjoyed the story that we went on with that. I also really liked the graveyard match because that felt more of a street fight type of feel that you can't get, even in an arena match, even with a live crowd, you can't really get that type of match and have it be received as well as it should be. That kind of match is not meant to be watched in the stands of an arena or in a stadium. That match is meant to be watched at home. So I think they did that very well. Ladder matches should not happen without a live crowd. I'm going to come out and say it. The ladder match itself at WrestleMania, the triple threat ladder match with only one member of each team, go figure, was really good as a match itself. But it didn't feel like a ladder match. I feel like the crowd plays a very important part in a ladder match. So those are things that I like. That's really the only thing I really dislike is the ladder match for WrestleMania because everything else is just match quality and that doesn't, you can't really blame lack of crowd for that. So when it comes to empty arena stuff, that's my opinion. How about you? You can a little bit in the sense that there are times where the crowd lifts a match to a much greater level. And I point to things like the, the Rock versus Hogan, WrestleMania 18, 
Warrior versus Hogan, WrestleMania 6. Sometimes the crowd is the reason that a match is legendary. We don't have that right now. So we have to be innovative. And in a way, I think it enhances creativity. It promotes creativity. You have to do that because you can't just rely on your typical tropes to get the crowd into it. So I do like these alternative match types. I I really like the Edge Orton thing a little too long, but it was – at least they tried to do something that was different. I like the, you know, I like the boneyard thing. I, you know, I saw that they put real effort into making that something different. And again, it, as I go through that night, right. And you have the bliss cross applesauce match and the, you know, all, all these matches that are in the arena with no fans, you know, I mean, you have the moment with the, um, with Otis and that would have been a great moment in front of fans, but there's no fans. So it's like, yeah, it's there. But it's just, it's not the same. So I like that they tried to go out of those confines as much as possible and experiment. And I thought afterwards, they should keep up on this because you have a real opportunity here. Monday Night Raw is three freaking hours. And the ratings ain't getting better. So why not use this time to experiment? It's not like anything that you're doing is so great and wonderful that you need to keep what you're doing, why not try to integrate some of these things? I'm not saying do it as a match. I'm saying just film stuff elsewhere, you know? Like, figure out different ways to utilize different spaces to enhance your characters. Be more cinematic. Produce your stuff. I've been inspired by this because I saw how much, and, and think about this. I've been saying for years how lousy The Undertaker looks and dude needs to retire and he, it's ridiculous. You've heard me on the show do it. I didn't say that this year because you put him in a quote-unquote match where all he had to do was beat somebody up. And believe me, a guy in a bandana riding a motorcycle who's six foot ten still looks intimidating beating somebody up. He's just not going to look intimidating in the wrestling gear, moving around slowly and looking like he's balding. So... This was a great way to use The Undertaker. And I'm going to emphasize great. So there's a lot you can do with these new formats. And I think it's a major positive to have seen that you can do that. And I'm actually excited about, and I think we'll get to this later, about where they're going with money in the bank. Because, again, you have to try something. So I want to shift into, those are the things we like. I know you hinted at some stuff you had didn't like is there anything else that you saw that you were like "Ooh, this just really isn't working for me i kind of don't like what AEW has done just from a health standpoint i understand empty arena matches are weird but don't put your wrestlers in a crowd less than six feet apart from one another it, it, it comes across as sad like, you can't get anybody at your show, so here's wrestlers to sort of fill the seats. It, but on the other hand, it's co- kind of cool to hear crowd noise again because we, we're, we're going on five weeks without crowd noise at a wrestling show, which is a little bit off and awkward. You know what I mean? So from a, from a cinematic standpoint, having people in the crowd is okay, but from a logistical standpoint... Don't don't have people unless they absolutely have to. And we could talk about Thor Blue in the face, how 
essential or inessential professional wrestling is as a, as a business. But if you're going to do it, at least try to do it the right way. And to me, that is a little bit awkward and off, and I'm not a giant fan of that. I feel like it's also unfair to judge what's going on out, like with matches and storylines, because you alluded to it earlier. For a business that has only the crowd reaction to gauge whether or not they're doing a good job, they can't do that. They can look to social media to see how fans are engaged and, you know, who's trending. But they don't have social media people going through every tweet. If, if let's say, you, you and I tweet about Seth Rollins, you tweet something positive, I tweet something negative, they're not saying, oh, Cordova tweeted something positive about Seth Rollins, but Kravitz tweeted something negative about Seth Rollins. They see, okay, our viewers are engaging with Seth Rollins. I could say Seth Rollins is useless. You could say he's the best thing ever. WWE doesn't care about that. So I feel it's kind of difficult to judge the actual products we see on TV because WWE is navigating with a blindfold. AEW is navigating with a blindfold. They can't pick up on what the crowds are actually feeling. So to me, it's a little bit premature to judge them based on the product they put on TV right now. I don't disagree, Uh, but I will address one thing head on. I'm personally going to take this one as a negative. You may not. I got to tell you, just wasn't feeling the Gronk thing, man. Just, I don't I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just not for me, but I, I saw Gronk, you know, he puts on this ridiculous jacket. I'm going, uh, You don't like his little I, garbage dance? I, no. That was the one thing I hated. When it, when it comes to, when it when it came to him, just when he was introduced on SmackDown as as the guest host, and also Mojo Rawley better be on his knees. We'll talk about Blue Chew in a little bit, thanking Gronk for being employed by WWE because he would not have a job without him at this point, and we can get into that in a little bit. But uh, no. Mojo Rawley is never but here's, been more beneficial to be somebody's friend. Here's my question, though. Did WWE really think that Gronk was going to be, like, a baby face for them? Because have you ever seen Gronk? Does he come off as a likable guy? Like, he comes off as the biggest douchebag ever. Like, it, it's right that if you're going to debut him, just make him into the Gronk that everyone's going to love to hate. Now, obviously, things have changed since. So we don't have to dwell on it. But... Because what happened since, right, Gronk hosts Mania, he wins the 24-7 title, and promptly doesn't appear on WWE television again. And just this past week, a video emerges on the social media, and I don't want to offend anybody, but wow, was this homoerotic. Gronk and Tom Brady in a, I guess it was a, uh, an airport, and... They're just, like, goofily smiling, happy to be together, like they're the freaking Partridge family. And, of course, news then breaks that Gronk has been traded to Tampa Bay to reunite with the Tom Brady, who is inhabiting the house of Yejits. So, it's a weird world we're living in. But Gronk apparently coming out of retirement and still holds the 24-7 championship, so... I don't know. Do we have a Jeff Jarrett situation? Can he hold the WWE hostage with that title? What's going on? 
it's kind of a douchebag move by WWE to have other people defend the 24-7 championship while in quarantine. But somehow Gronk is off the hook. I feel like even before he signed with the Bucks, WWE was like, nah, you're doing us a solid. Take this, go home for two months. You'll be the Lesnar of the jobber division, right? You can show up once, once every three months, talk to some things, maybe, maybe take a bump, maybe do a stage dive onto 20 people, and that's it. And sort of backfire on them. But I will say that I am excited to see where WWE goes from here with the 24-7 championship. Because while it's impossible to watch anything on Fox right now and not know Fridays are for SmackDown, it's impossible to not know that if you watch any Fox program. It'll be cool to see how they integrate having a National Football League player actively hold one of their championships. They can use training camp footage for Gronk. They can use preseason footage for Gronk. I personally hope R-Truth dresses up as the Buccaneer. And at a home game after Gronk scores a touchdown, uh, celebrations are prevalent in the NFL right now. Imagine, and wrestling is also, wrestling moves sort of are a big deal in sports right now. You have Giannis Antetokounmpo doing wrestling moves before every game now. You have baseball players doing you can't see me and guessing and all that fun stuff. Imagine a touchdown celebration where Gronk goes down and gets pinned by somebody. You have the Buccaneer throw him off. Throw, let's say Chris Godwin is covering Rob Gronkowski for the three. R-Truth, as a mascot, comes in, throws Chris Godwin off of Rob Gronkowski. A ref comes in. One, two, three. Buccaneer takes his hat off. It's R-Truth. He runs away. That would be incredible. That would be a sports center, both top ten and not top ten play for years to come. And then WWE would, would love the media coverage for that. I, I'll tell you, though, you know what I want to see before then? Get that title on Makai Becton, man. The newest gen, Makai Becton, let's go. And I'll tell you why. You get the title of Makai Becton, you bring it home. Because if you look at his family, the family walking around looking like the clumps last night, man. I'm telling you, you get Eddie Murphy in there, you get the family, it'll be a whole big thing. It'll be the best TV you've ever seen. I, I could see it now, the Bectons. And just, you know, have was, them sitting around the dinner table. Oh, it'll be fantastic. The soul food. I was watching the draft uh, with a few people on a Zoom call. And these people don't have filters to begin with. But one of them said something that was hilarious to me. He said, his father looks like a couch. And I look up, and I see Mekhi Becton's father, and they have to send for the man because I corpse right then and there. (laughs) If you haven't seen Mekhi Becton's father, he looks like he could be on the showroom at Ashley Furniture. He is built like a couch. You know, you always second-guess your team's pick, but when I saw that, I was like, this is the type of family that I want to be part of my Jets family. I had no reservations when I saw the Bechtons and the now legendary Mr. Beckton. It Phenomenal stuff. So I'm, I'm excited about that. I, I, I hope he gets a run with the title. That would be really cool, maybe. You know perfectly um, well that is not going to happen. I, now, I, know, the good news, I know we're doing a show about professional wrestling where everything is scripted and choreographed, it, but, but let's be realistic for a second. I know. 
Well, so the good news is Makai Becton has a job. The bad news is a lot of wrestlers do not. So we haven't had one of those days in a while, you know, the after WrestleMania purge. We haven't had one of those in a while. And even when we had them, there was nothing like this. Right. Very minimal. This year, not minimal. We had a combination of firings, of furloughs, all sorts of stuff. It was wrestlers. There was a referee in there. So, I mean, there's over 100 names. I would say at least 20 to 30 of them were wrestlers combined with NXT. Which to you is the most impactful? Like, who were you the most surprised that hit the cut list? I'm going to say first and foremost, I have been a mark for this person since 2009. He is a local Long Island boy. And while I'm not terribly surprised that he was released, Zack Ryder's release hit me so hard. He has been such a constant in WWE. He's been on the main roster since, when was La Familia? Late 2007, early 2008? He was on the main roster for 12 years. And even before that, as a major brother, you were at the Fatal 4-Way pay-per-view when he and Kurt Hawkins, who also lost his job, won the tag team championships years ago. And since then, he became wrestling lore. He's, he's the person who everybody goes to now. Don't get over by yourself. And now recently, another person who lost their job, who I'm also very surprised about, Rusev, he's also one of those people. But the person I'm most surprised at is Drake Maverick. Might be a little bit weird. Why Drake Maverick? Drake Maverick put his heart and his soul and his wife and his actual literal wedding into the 24-7 championship, the very championship Rob Gronkowski holds now. Wait, wait. That that was his real wife? Yes, that's his real wife. Damn, good for him. He he outkicked his coverage like a mother. Good for him. And she's also wow. a professional wrestler. Now, now I'm actually more upset for him. Right? <laughs> not, not, for, not for marrying so well, but, I mean, you know, a guy who marries that well, you've got to figure out what to do with this guy, right? I mean, but we'll, we'll get into him later. Uh, you know, we're going to well, talk I know, about... I know, have, I, I know that, but you asked, and, like, he, he, he put his entire being into this one championship that, you know, WWE doesn't care about, but he wanted to make it his own. And he owned it. He really did. And the fact that he was let go is very frustrating because he had people behind him. People liked him. We didn't really see him work in an actual capacity in WWE. He was brought in to be the 205 Live GM. Then he was managing AOP. Then he pissed himself. Then he started going after the 24-7 championship. So we didn't really get to see a lot of what Drake Maverick, now Rockstar Spud, could do. But he's – I felt for him, especially after that video he released. That one hit hard. And, of course, Mike Chioda, employee for 31 years, let go. Shows you nobody cares about you in the working world. That's it. It sucks. Well, you did leave off the, the guys that I felt were the most surprising to be let go. Well, and I that, did that uh, on purpose, so you yeah, could talk that, about them. Those are the good brothers. And the reason I say that, it's not that I think they're the best guys on the list. 
I would say a guy like Rusev, criminally underused in so many ways. And again, he got over on his own. There was money to be printed. They just didn't do it. But when you have guys who are just on WrestleMania, I know they didn't have a match, but they were involved in the Boneyard match. They were involved in a group with AJ Styles. You would think when there's actual use for you, that would not be the time to let someone go. So I was really surprised by that. Not that I thought that there was any legs to the group per se, but there was a group. So that one to me was pretty surprising. I was also surprised by Sarah Logan just because, I don't know, just why? Like it didn't seem like there's going to be a lot of money to be saved there. Just He's like, all right, just, I guess somebody off the roster. Then again, the women's roster is so deep when you go down to NXT that Look, I think there is still potential with her, but I don't think she'll be missed. So, but the other one that upsets me, and it's more because of the tenure itself, not because of the release, is my namesake, EC3. I mean, how do you miss on that guy? He's chiseled like, you know, like a statue in, in Greek times. He's got the perfect look. I'm not saying he's great in the ring, but he's got a great character. The arrogance is there. He showed you elsewhere that he could be successful. He was a champion. Nothing? I mean, Ambrose put him over on his way out. Nothing? We, we can't figure out any, like, we can't figure out a mid-card run for this guy? Are you, you mean to tell me that all the guys that you've decided that are on the roster that we're going to give TV time to, He's not one of those guys that could fit in somehow. We couldn't figure out any way to use him. Really? I feel like I feel like he came into the game in WWE 20 years too late. I feel like he and Lex Luger are perfect mirror matches of one another in in the physique department alone. Because I feel like the the Lynch in EC3's belly button has more charisma than Lex Luger. And I know you love Lex Luger. I'm not talking badly or poorly about but like i I love the man lex luger he's a friend i you know as as far as being a competitor and i'm sure he would tell you this he has his shortcomings it it, it is what it is right like he was limited to what he did if he existed 10 years later than he did he would not have been as successful i'm not gonna deny that great guy fan of the wrong teams sorry lex but you know you buffalo really dude Anyway, I don't want to harp on it because, look, you know, I don't want to get down too much on these guys. This is their livelihood. These are their jobs. And let's be honest, I don't know where else they're going to go with this. I mean, AEW is not going to sweep up 10 of them because they don't have the capacity to do it. They only have so much programming they can do. They're not doing live shows. And they don't want to become known as the XWWE company. Will Impact pick up a couple? Maybe. But you can't go to the indie circuit. You can't go sign autographs. There's a lot you can't do right now. So it's a tough, tough situation if you've been let out on your own. And, but there might be there one more one name. That, there is one thing. I'm, but there is one thing that they are doing, and a lot of the guys who were released are very successful about it right now. Uh, t-shirts. ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes. Not an official sponsor, they, but a, a wonderful website no, nonetheless. They. 
and Pro Wrestling Tees doesn't get a lot of credit where they should. They're giving a lot of wrestlers and indie guys. They're the official merchandise distributor of AEW. They're doing a lot of good stuff. Zack Ryder, or not Zack Ryder, Matt Cardona has really good shirts. Brian Myers has good shirts. Heath Slater has the best shirt I've ever seen. Instead of I got kids, I got fired. It's simple. It's perfect. Pro Wrestling Tees and Dolph Ziggler actually went on a, a, a shopping spree on Pro Wrestling Tees and bought up a ton of shirts from a ton of indie wrestling guys. And they get cool. about, I want to say they get about 25, 30% of the, of, the, of the profit or whatever. Five shirts net somebody $70. So they get $14 a shirt. So yeah. you, you can do the math on that. So it, it's it a cool move. Add up. It, it, it does add up. So Pro Wrestling Tees does amazing things for wrestlers, especially in these times. Wanted to say I don't, I don't disagree. Now, we talked about a lot of guys losing their jobs. There might be one more guy to add to the list. It hasn't happened yet, but breaking news as of today. We're preparing for the show, and my fantastic co-host hits me up and goes, we, we got to add this. There's no way. It's, it's the elephant in the room now. News came out today that Patrick Clark, known to WWE audiences as the Velveteen Dream, it was revealed that he has been exchanging messages with underage fans, and he may have sent audio of his voice to confirm that it is him, and also sent graphic photographs of his body. This is not good. It, it it's not good. He's it, right now. He's in a program with Adam Cole for the NXT Championship. The guy had gotten so much praise in the last couple of years, and now this. Now we're early in the story. I don't know what's going to happen with this, but it doesn't look. I, I mean, right or like, what do you? Where do you see this thing going? He is denied it. He said his account was hacked. And the photo was shared without his permission. But it seems like he sent the photo to the fan, not that it was leaked to the Internet. So what do you make of this whole situation? I'm going to read the statement from Dream from his Twitter. Be assured I did not communicate inappropriately with anyone. A private photo of mine was shared without my consent or knowledge. And I'm working with a third party to look into this matter. So he didn't say he was hacked. He said that the picture was sent without his consent or permission. People send pictures of that sort all the time. Right? And we could have a debate whether... What? Of of their penis? I mean, I'm not going to be a kindergartner about it, but sure. Wait, have... Have you ever sent a picture of yours? I have not. They don't make cameras with enough zoom. Right. So, I mean, I haven't either. Like, I, I know guys are out there doing it, but let's be honest. I'm just going to say this, and we'll be, we'll move on. Nobody wants to see that. Okay? Let's just end the conversation now. There is not a woman out there that's like, hey, you know, of all the parts on men, what I really want to see and just admire in a picture is the penis. Nobody. No one's ever said that. So stop sending your penis. Like, send some abs, you know. Send the muscle. No one wants to see your penis. Nobody. There's a reason why sex is hiding the penis. Nobody wants to see it. 
That's it. But anyway, what's going to happen to uh, the Velveteen <laughs> Dream here? Do you really think that's the reason? Like, like that that that's the sole purpose of sex to hide a penis? You no, make me no, sad on so many that's levels. Why you make God me sad as I make you when I tell you I don't watch movies, and I know how sad that makes you feel. Nobody wants to see it. I stand by that. Nobody's like, hey, I want to stand there and just admire it. Why do you think even maybe, the maybe you've got an ugly penis, man? Do any are any of them attractive? I mean, you know, is there one that? Well, oh, that's the one. It's finally attractive. Have you ever no. seen? Have you ever seen the TV show The League? Not enough to warrant me being able to talk about it. And I know you're okay, going to be upset so with there, before, but so there was an yeah. episode of the of the league called the White Knuckler, and what the White Knuckler does is she gives hand jobs so tight you can see the whites of her knuckles. And in this episode, she talked fondly about a character named Kevin and used the following quote: "What, comma? He's got a pretty cock." So there are people Can, out there hold on. who do like wait, wait, wait. the aesthetics of the penis. I don't, I don't think you could say it. I, I know you could say penis. I'm not sure you could say cock. Can't say cock? I don't think you can. What if I say rooster? I, I think rooster's okay. I'm not sure if cock is okay. So I think we may have to – I don't know. I'm, I, I just want to play by the rules here. I just want to establish that. But go I on. Mean, it, it was broadcast on television, so, you know – and I could have been talking about a rooster, what a rooster says. He's got a very cock-a-doodle-doo, you know? That's true. And you, you can say cocky, but you can't say cock. It seems like arbitrary rules. We'll have to look into that, folks. We'll, we'll do that for you. But nonetheless, I stand by there what are, I said. And my point still stands, too. There are people who do like the aesthetic. I'm not one okay. of them. You're not one of them. But there are, the people do exist. They're few and far between, I think. But either way... This is not a good look. If it's proven to be even remotely true, what? this is a guy, it's not like he's a nobody, you can just drop him like it's nothing. He's competing for the NXT title. What's going to happen here? I mean, is his push going to be gone? Are they going to fire him? You know, like what? When this happened with James Ellsworth, nobody cared anymore, and he was let go, and that was the end of him. In fact, we let him go off of our network. That's another story. But... What like what's gonna happen here? You know, what if they find that there really is likes to the story? It's difficult to say, and I'll tell you why. There was a man by the name of Enzo Amore not so long ago who also had allegations of the sexual harassment variety thrown his way, and he was fired. The company told him not because of the harassment allegations. But because they, but because he did not tell them about about the invest about the ongoing investigation, but he was fired based off of uh, based off a of hearsay. He was he, he was, was fi- fired. He was fired because they were fed up with him by that point. But I got to tell you, I met him a couple of months ago, right before this whole pandemic thing started at uh, at the big event. Wonderful guy, really. I, I was impressed. He was he was hanging out with the, you know the disabled kids that came in. He, he was their favorite. I mean, he is this big personality, but really a wonderful guy. Got to tell you, changed my opinion on on the guy. So really cool. And a lot of these guys bring handlers. You know the guys with the fanny packs, and you can't get near them. He brought his dad. 
I thought that was a baller move. Just saying. But maybe his, maybe his dad is his manager. Maybe he absolutely. doesn't want to sign with the management company. Maybe his I, th- I think he was. And, and if that uh, worked I, out for Enzo, or, or the real one, sorry, that, that's great for him. I want to I wanna shift gears real quick. We'll get back to this. I want to finish it. I invited somebody on the show. It's been a long, long time. But given the events that transpired over the last couple of weeks, uh, we lost a wrestling great in Howard Finkel. So I figure we could do the same oh, what a great announcer, and, you know, I remember him saying I knew, but I figure let's bring on one of his friends. Let's bring on one of our friends. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Our former co-host, and yes, the band is fully back together, Mr. Jason Pazeroski. Hey, what's up, fellas? How we doing? Look at this. Look at you. This is weird. alive. How you doing? How we doing? It's been like a journey. What have you been up to? I mean, I you know I want to get into talking about the thing, but first, I mean, you know, we're all locked in here. Like, what have, what have you been doing lately? Not a lot, man. Freaking uh, selling like everything I've ever had uh, that's not uh, nailed down uh, on eBay, pretty much, just to keep myself busy and make a couple bucks. Pretty rough, pretty rough out there. It's a weird time, but I, I, oh, you know, working from home and. Trying to make sure that the wife doesn't get sick of me? You know how it is. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's going to be pretty hard to do, though, for you. It's, it's a challenge every single day. But I, I could think of nobody else that I wanted to bring on for this because I, I hear <laughs> last week that the Fink dies. I, I knew he wasn't doing well. So it wasn't super shocking to me. But yeah. I got to meet him a few times, and that was, that was through you, um, that I met him the first time. So I, I wanted I wanted to just give you the floor. Like let's let's share some personal stories about that guy. Let's learn a little bit more about who he was and go beyond the oh we lost a wrestling legend. We know that. So I mean, t- tell me about your relationship with him. Uh, I actually don't even remember a hundred percent how we first started talking. I actually think it was it might have been just like randomly on Twitter because we're both uh, huge Mets fans. So uh, I think we started through that and then. Uh, I ended up talking uh, about business and stuff like that. But then, uh, you know, he'd call me on the phone regularly saying what was going on. And ironically enough, I was just looking through old emails and deleting stuff. Cause, hell, there's nothing really else to do. I'm like, oh, I can get rid of this, this. And I found an email from him from uh, 2012, just like touching base and seeing how I was doing and just kind of shooting the shit type of thing. And uh, I don't know. He was awesome. He was like one of the most genuine, genuine guys, you know. He's always, yeah, I agree. Uh, always, always like super positive too. And the funny thing was, uh, I don't know, Mets fans just, just in general are just, just self haters and with, for good reason. And he was always right. like, you know, this, this is going to be our year though. And he was like, all positive. It was great. Really just kind of like sums up his whole personality. He was just always, uh, always looking at the bright side. Yeah, I mean, the first time I met him, I you know, I introduced myself. I said, I'm friends with you. And, of course, yeah, I knew who you were, so that was good. Um, that was <laughs> not the case when I first met Lex Luger because, well, you know, he's he's got some – I called him the day before and he didn't remember me. Let's put it that way. I feel bad, you know. <laughs> Brain, no, it's, 
No, no, no. He's he actually is having some memory issues, and I, you know, I, I yeah. check in from time to time because I know he's having a hard time. But you know, yeah. when when it, when it came to Fink, I I meet the guy. You know, I introduce myself, you know, through you, and we start talking. I'm a Yankee fan, but I start talking Mets with him. And you're right, like he's telling me about how good they're gonna. Like, he and he knows this. <laughs> he's not one of those guys that just says he's a fan. Like he knows his stuff. I'm like, oh, all right. oh yeah. And he always felt like this yeah. was going to be the year. You know, like, it it was pretty cool. The, um, the craziest thing just he, in general about the uh, He was a Jets fan to too, right? I, yes, yep. And, but uh, the first time I ever talked to him on the phone, I was like, is this like a like fake, you know, like you just imagine like him at Madison Square Garden going like, no. And he's like, hello, Jason. And I'm like, <laughs> I thought he was introducing me. It was awesome. Was yeah, the voice – is the voice actually? Yeah, you know, yeah it's, that's it. It's not. It's pretty it's unbelievable. Trumped up. Yeah. No, not at yeah. all. Um, had you been in contact with him recently as his health started to, to decline? Like, what you know, what was your last interactions with him? You know what? Sadly enough, I, I hadn't been, and then I I feel bad. Like maybe if this was like a month ago when I was reading through those old emails and deleting stuff, maybe I would have uh, reached out. So I kind of. Uh, regret that but uh it was a while ago he said he was like hanging in and he was doing kind of just kind of like some fringe stuff for wwe and i think he kind of just like always was like an ambassador quote unquote for them and you know i guess he was just trying to stay busy with with that stuff but uh yeah it was uh sad to hear and i know that you know there's some misinformation about like a stroke or something like that but he actually had like a rare brain disease and it's uh, it's sad, but uh, he definitely had a full life and uh, called some of the greatest matches, seen some of the greatest things live in person, and it was cool that he was always uh, super accessible. Even, like, I'm sure guys at ringside, fans, whoever have been there forever will tell you that he would, he would not, you know, not, not talk to you. He talked to anybody. He was just a sweet guy. Absolutely. And I, I appreciate you coming on and talking about him. Can we yeah. plug anything for you? Like, you have anything you're working on that we can let people know? Uh, buy stuff off my eBay page. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I just just wanted to talk about a little bit about the Fink. And uh, hope you guys are well and uh, the ladies are happy, you know, and stuff like that. Don't well, lie. Don't we're, lie. we're well. I, you know, the wives, will, I'm sure they're they're getting a little sick and tired of us, but... <laughs> you know, as they say, it is the divorce, what it is. The divorce rates are going up. I don't know what's going on. These yeah. people, yeah. Well, well, we'll see what we can do. But uh, we pre- appreciate you coming on, buddy. All right. Stay safe. We'll man. talk to you. Stay safe, Eric. All right. You too, guys. Jay. Bye. Bye. All right. So for you newer listeners, that was Jason Pozorowski, the Paz, and one of our co-hosts at the onset of the show back when we started in 2010. He has since gone on. He is a minor league umpire. He does all sorts of stuff in the wrestling world with his brother. So uh, a lot going on usually nowadays, he maybe the, not so he much. He forgot the most uh, influential thing. He does. Uh, he he produces for NBC Sports, doesn't he? He he does do that. So he he's a he's a true renaissance man, as they say. And before we move on, we'd be hard pressed, giggity, not to get into our sponsor. And listen, we, we mentioned it throughout the show. I mean, we're all trapped in our houses with our sniffing others for weeks, and that can only mean one thing. 
It's the inevitability of rock babies. They're coming. But let's be honest, fellas. I mean, we're not as young as we used to be. You know, the weight's increased. The hair's grown in weird places and stopped growing in others. Some more than others, <laughs> Kravitz. Um, and our performance, just it's not what it used to be in our glory days. But why disappoint the ladies when there's BlueChew.com? Okay, Blue Chew is the first FDA-approved chewable with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they're twice as fast, so you're ready to go before Shane Baszler can get DQ'd from a match. Now, I know you got questions, like, what about that awkward trip to the pharmacy to get the enhancement filled, right? Hey, Sally, the gentleman at the counter is looking for his boner medication. Can we get him his boner medication yet? Well, don't worry about that, okay? Because BlueChew.com is taking care of everything. You get prescribed online, and your order will be shipped to you in a discreet package that's sent right to your front door so there's no awkwardness. Well, except when you pick up that package as well as your 48-pack of toilet paper that you ordered the same day. So, you know, there's always that. But we want you to get started today, okay? Go to BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Chew.com. And your first shipment is free with the code WPP. You just pay $5 shipping. So check them out today, BlueChew.com, and make your ladies happy. Just make sure they're of age. Too soon? I, I know we, we didn't really get into that yet with the, with the uh, Velveteen Dream, but, uh, you know, with the underage, was that, was that out of line? Should I not have ended with that? Okay. Anyway, we'll finish up on that topic because I don't want to, I don't want to dwell on too much. But Velveteen Dream, I never liked the guy. This may, may, you know, if this is proven to be true, it may prove what I always thought to be true, which is that ever since the Tough Enough, he was an overrated bum that was just a big fan and thought that he was entitled to everything, and then he was entitled to everything because he comes out with this ridiculous gimmick. And he's immediately put on TV. So many other guys had ridiculous gimmicks, and they had to wait years. He was immediately saw... put on TV. Are you kidding? He's 25. He's always got an opportunity. Rene Dupree was a tag team champion in 19. Kenny Dykstra was a tag team champion in 19 and was put into a feud with Ric Flair when he was 20. And well, now I... I think we all still forget that NXT, at least at that point when it wasn't on the USA Network, it's still developmental. They're still going through classes. Still right, learning but you're signing guys. But you're signing guys that are like Finn Balor and all these guys, right? And you you continue to sign those guys, and he jumps a lot of them in line because he was on tough enough, and they always saw line? something. Who did he jump in line? I don't know. Who cares? I want to move on. I'm, I'm, if you're going to make an argument, at least have facts to back it up. My, he was my argument – When NXT was in its heyday, when the network first started, 2015 NXT, guys like KO and guys like Samoa Joe, Shinsuke, Robert Roode, all the mainstay guys that they were hiring did get the opportunities that they wanted. His earliest – he was – his earliest um, appearance, he teamed with Tucker Knight – on, on, an NX, on an episode of NXT as Patrick Clark and got jobbed out in like a minute. All right. I don't so want to he, go on it. So well, because here's what wrong. I do want to do. Here's what I do want to do. We, we got about, I, I would say, about 10 minutes left of the show. So I want to just get into 
because I only because I want to talk about this. This is just a personal thing. There is a phenomenal, phenomenal show on television about wrestling that isn't AEW or WWE. It's Dark Side of the Ring. I love Dark Side of the Ring. Have you gotten a chance to watch this show yet? I've seen bits and pieces of it. I, I, I'd be lying to you if I told you that I really had a lot of substance. Behind. I know what it is. I'm not completely in the dark about it. I'm not a child. Like, I know it, it is what it is. It exposes different parts of the wrestling business that people might not know of and dives into them story. Uh, dives into the story in depth, I meant to say. That was an English sentence. Other than that, I don't know what I don't know what it's been covering recently. So I'll, we'll get into that. But I, I before we do, are there any other shows you're watching? Because like I checked out the Big Show show just for fun. Total Bellas is back. You had Miz and Mrs. back in the spring or early spring, I guess, or whatever it was. Well, my my, my wife is a huge Miz and Mrs. person, so we do watch Miz and Mrs. whenever it is on and honestly I've still been keeping up with the product on a weekly basis. I'm not really I was never a total anything fan. You know this. Like I am very oh, I know. passionately against any WWE programming with the word total in the title. That was really difficult to say and I'm really proud of myself for nailing it. I tried the big show show too cheesy for me. I'm not really yeah. a last track uh sitcom kind of guy. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I think Big Show's a funny guy, but I think when you put him in that scenario, like, you can see the potential for him to be funny, but it's a little too boxed in, I guess, is the way I would describe it. You know, like, they're telling him what to say to be funny, which, if you just let him be funny, he would be funny. Well, that's but the way amazingly, it is a scripted show. But... They did really well. I don't know if you noticed. They were like number three on Netflix. Yeah. Like, the show did really well. So I assume there's going to be another season of this thing, at the very least. But yeah, it did really well. And if nothing else, we got to see the comedic songs of Mark Henry. So there's a plus right there. But I want to go back to Dark Side Right now, it's not in the top ten. Well, when it came out, it was number three. So... Maybe it was short-lived, but it did it did do well the week it came out. Okay. And, of course, they were quick to promote that. But anyway, Dark Side of the Ring, phenomenal show. I came across it. Someone had mentioned it to me. It's on the Vice channel. And the first season, I checked out a couple of the episodes. I was like, you know what? Let me go through them. Because they had the Bruiser Brody episode which is the the murder of Bruiser Brody by a fellow wrestler in Puerto Rico in uh, Carlito's dad's promotion, by the way. If you don't know who Bruiser Brody is, just think about who Brody Lee is now in AEW, uh, Luke Harper back in WWE, and just imagine a more brutal, better version of that. That's who Bruiser Brody was. The guy would have been an incredibly – he was a big star, and he was – going to come back to the United States and would have been an even bigger star. Like That's how good he was. An even better guy, by the way, if you watch the show. You learn a lot about these guys. So that was a really cool episode. So I went, all right, let me keep watching. And then the big thing they were promoting at that time, the Benoit double episode. So they covered the Benoit murder-suicide, and I thought they did a really good job. And if you haven't seen that episode, watch it. Because there's this seminal moment there 
the the show in season two has started to become hosted by Chris Jericho. You know, he's the guy who does like the voiceovers and stuff. Well, Chris Jericho in the in the Benoit episode got Benoit's oldest son, the one from his first marriage that survived, of course, and Nancy's sister, both of whom, you know, kind of separated themselves from this whole situation and hadn't talked to each other in like 13 years. He got them to come together and talk. And they are both like so grateful for what Jericho did. And I just thought that was such a poignant moment that because they happened to be putting the show together, Jericho did a nice thing. And it, for me, it propelled the show into new heights. I thought it was really cool. The last episode was about Superfly Jimmy Snuka and the death of his girlfriend, 22-year-old that he was dating back in 1983, and the fallout from that. And if you haven't seen it, watch it. I don't want to give away all these stories. They're really interesting, and they're covered really well. The show does a really good job of it. I would just recommend skipping the New Jack episode just because – I don't like them. I never have, never will. Don't like them, and it's it's disturbing. Like, it's exactly what you think it is. It's disturbing. Don't don't watch that episode. Trust me, you're just gonna end up hating the guy more. So, if you're Kravit and you don't watch stuff, watch this. Trust me, it's a, it's a good show. But is there anything like? Have you watched anything on the um on the WWE Network? Did you watch the? Ruthless Aggression show. Do you get a chance to check that oh, out? I, if it's on the network, I've watched it. I fall asleep to literally a different pay per view every night. <laughs> well, did you watch the the the, the Ruthless I did Aggression watch all show? Of the Ruthless Aggression stuff. The Edge documentary was really really good. The Bret Hart podcast with Stone Cold Steve Austin was informative. The Ric Flair one with Stone Cold Steve Austin was also informative. But if I could recommend that you watch one thing on the network, it's watch the Edge documentary. What is it? Yeah, I really like that. I got to tell you, though, the the Ruthless Aggression, for the most part, you know, I think it's good. I I really like the Evolution episode. But I think a lot of it is so WWEized in the sense that they make it sound like oh, we were trying to find our new identity and everything just worked. We found all these new stars and it was wonderful in that time. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Like, ratings went down. There was so much, you know, there were so many negative things that happened that time. Evolution, they did a good job of talking about the group. What they didn't talk about is how much backlash there was. Like, they, they barely grazed that about how Raw suffered, SmackDown was kicking its ass in the ratings, and it was because people felt that Evolution was holding people down. Where's the story about holding back Booker T? Where's the story about RVD? Where's the story about sending guys to SmackDown because they didn't want to be on the same show as Evolution? Where's that? Of course you're not going to tell you that. You know perfectly well, as a history buff, that that winners rewrite their own history. You know that. I know. I'm, I'm just saying... And and the evolution one was really good. The other ones are just like, oh, this is what happened. It, it's just very glossed over in in that way. I think there's some cool information if you just don't know the stories, like about Batista, about Brock Lesnar, maybe a little bit um, about John Cena. But again, it's very produced by WWE. Like they they're telling the story they want you to know. 
whereas Dark Side of the Ring, they tell you the story that, for the most part, is the story. You know, I think that I think when there's a an impartial judge, it, it, it's just a better product. But that's me. Now, mm-hmm. I know. I know there are other things we're gonna get. We haven't talked much about the product today, other than, you know, the some of the like the Boneyard match and the Firefly Funhouse. We'll get into more of that next week, and we may have a couple of guests. We'll let you guys know, and I will let you know via the interwebs. We have, of course, the Facebook Mouth of the South Shore Radio Show. If you haven't liked us yet, please go do that. We have the Twitter and the Instagram at MOTSS Radio, and I promise we'll try to revive that and make that work. So we have come to the end of our long and winding road, and in the words of the dead, what a long, strange trip it's been. I pass the mic over to my trusted companion, The Crab. He's going to tell you all the places that you can find this show and all the different projects that he's got going on. I leave you with the end of my voice and just... So you know, if you follow me on Facebook, your voice will never end. And as much as you like, it just won't happen. You can find us on Spreaker. That's right. I have been on Spreaker basically since October because we needed proper distribution. And now we have it. You can find us on Spreaker. We will be distributed to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio Podcasts. We will be on Deezer. We will be on Podcast Addict. We will be on Podchaser, I think it's called. Anywhere and everywhere you could find the podcast. You already hear Billy and the Crab. You may have heard my newest project called Keeping Connected, where I talk to people about how COVID-19 has affected their lives. We have teachers. We have vet techs. We have medical students. We have gig workers. We have me. We have my wife. We have a lot of people coming up in the near future. So keep an eye on Keeping Connected. Big shout-out to friend of the pod, Josh Richter, for making sure that some of the sound sounds as pretty as I am. And, of course, Mouth of the South Shore Radio will soon be on all of these platforms. And I know Cordova, even though he said it's the end of his voice, he lied to you because he has his own things to talk about. I do. I got Cordova's Travels Through History. So if you are interested in history – we talk about things that happen on this day. We talk about, and more so before this whole pandemic, uh, I've done videos live from places in New York, Philadelphia, uh, New Orleans, anywhere that I'm going to go, I'm going to find the history. I'm going to tell you all about it. So we're going to continue with content on there. You can find us on Facebook, Cordova's Travels Through History. Maybe we'll expand that out. Maybe we won't. We'll see. Uh, but that's just been a fun project that I've gotten to work on. And I end it with just a couple of thank yous. Thank you to Jason Pazarossi for coming on. Give us his thoughts on the passing of the Fink. And, of course, our condolences to the Finkel family and, well, all the families that are grieving in this time. And my thank yous to Mr. Josh Richter for his work on our intro as well as my wife who worked on it as well. So thank you to them, and we will see you Next week. It's good to be back. Have a good night, everybody. Hello.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.